Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Very fun conversation today with Victor Gorlick. Victor Gorlick from Archie Comics. He's been with Archie since 1958. So he's pretty much seen it all uh, from, uh, as I wanted to get into detail with, uh, the phenomenon that Sugar Sugar became for Archie, a huge pop sensation. You know the song, but you got to realize this was a huge hit. And this was a studio act that used the Archies as uh, their front. And it's an amazing story about uh, how they got the song, how big it was. Uh, the cartoon was huge. And I know it's a big deal now with Riverdale and certainly Sabrina on Netflix. But the Archie universe has had some big times before in the past as well. Old-time radio years, Archie was a sitcom for 10 years on the radio. A situation comedy. Then it uh, had the big phenomenon on Saturday mornings that uh, rode the wave of Sugar Sugar. Pretty amazing stuff. We talk a lot about uh, the various current books, uh, the successes, and uh, the various different ways that Archie has stretched itself uh, to meet the modern world. Kevin Kelly, a very groundbreaking character and a big important part of the Archie puzzle. But, uh, you know, Victor was there, and Victor knew all of the great uh, artists, uh, the Dan DiCarlo's and uh, others that uh, he talks about back in the day, and we talk about some classic stories as well. Really fun conversation with Victor Gorlick of Archie Comics on today's Word Balloon. Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. The holiday season, I know money is tough, but uh, if you like Word Balloon, if it helps you enjoy the comic book hobby that much more, and if you want to help me out, by subscribing to Word Balloon via Patreon, that's great. You can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. The Patreon ad is on the front page of wordballoon.com. You can click on that. It'll take you right to the Patreon portal. But really, thank you very much for your support. League of Word Balloon listeners. This episode of Word Balloon is also sponsored by Aftershock Comics, who are shaking things up right now at your local comic shop with great hit series, Animosity by Marguerite Bennett and Raphael De La Tour, Lollipop Kids from Adam and Aiden Glass and Diego Yapur, A Walk Through Hell from Garth Ennis and Goran Suzuka, as well as some great stuff that is available now and would make excellent Christmas presents, like Baby Teeth Volume 1, from writer Donnie Cates, artist Gary Brown. The first 10 issues of the series, that's in stores now. You can get Beyonders by Paul Jenkins and Wesley St. Clair. And coming on December 19th, Witchhammer, Aftershock's first original graphic novel from Cullen Bunn and Dalibor Talajic. Go to their website right now, aftershockcomics.com. You'll find full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books and more to order through your local shop. All right, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Victor Gorlick, a really fun one about the history of Archie Comics from a first-hand point of view from Victor Gorlick, now on Word Balloon. What's your title, Mr. Gorlick? Co-president slash editor-in-chief. Okay, excellent. I wanted to, wanted to get that correct. Victor Gorlick, welcome to Word Balloon. It's a pleasure to talk to you, sir. I'm, I'm excited to hear about your perspective on Archie Comics. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So when did you well, start what with do you want to know? In October of 1958. Wow, that's great. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, I'm 54, so I've, I've been reading Archie for a, for a long time, uh, and, and I'm really interested in uh, that, uh, really, uh, from the beginning uh, to, to today. So... Tell me about yeah. Archie in 1958. You guys had a great uh, 
position in the market and and really maintained it for for a very long time. And I and I'm interested in, in hearing what it was like in '58 at Archie. What were you doing? Well, we're putting out a lot of books every month, and that went on for a while. I, I started working in the production department <clears throat> as an art assistant, and um, there were just thousands of pages of coming in every week. Um, we had Katie Keene at that time, besides Archie, 80-page comics, 32-page comics. We didn't have the digest, and that came in the bill of 70s. Okay. But uh, it was a lot of work. I mean, one of my first jobs was, in fact, my first job in the bottle was to take cleavages and navels out of Katie Keene. I understand. Well, Dan, Dan DiCarlo was a great, uh, what they call a good girl artist. And, a, and, you know, I mean, obviously the classic designs yeah. for Katie and Betty and Veronica, you know, and the like. Well, you know, did, did excuse me, well, did, did Dan work on uh, on Katie King? No, Katie King was written by, written and drawn and inked and lettered by Bill Wagen. He lived out in California. Okay. And he would send his work at every week, and you needed two people to carry the package up. <laughs> he had so many pages in there. He, what he used to do as well, he used to put uh, read his names in and the, the fashions that he used. And uh, it was a very interactive uh, publication. He uh, offered uh, stationery and membership cards and pins and all kinds of things. And uh, there was an article many years later about Trump in the New York Times about some fashion designers who had to start by sending fashions into Katie Kane. That's, that's how they got interested. Yeah, that's you know, quite a few. That's really great. Now, I was a member of the Archie fan club, and, and God, I wish I right. still had my membership card. I don't know if I haven't been paying my dues the last uh, couple decades. I don't know if I'm still uh, a, a member. <laughs> Do they have? I think they had dues. Yeah, Did they really? it was twenty-five cents, <laughs> ten cents. I think we didn't have a little. Who came in though? <laughs> Understood. Um, man, and you're right. So, and Katie Keene eventually moved to Tower. Am I correct? No, no. Katie Keene never moved to Tower. Tower Comics was started by Harry Shorten, who uh, used to be the ma- the managing editor at Archie Comics years before. Quite a few years before. I think he, he left about a year before I came to work there. Oh, okay. 1957. And uh, he started his own publishing company. And one of our artists, Sam Schwartz, who was very friendly with him, was just a company as uh, editor there. At, um, I was in the, uh, I guess, late 60s, early 70s. And he was working on uh, Thunder Agents. And they did bring in some... A teenage character called the Tippy Teen. Tippy I don't know if you recall yes. that. Yes. The Tippy Teen. The, and then you had, uh, besides the Thunder Agents, you had uh, what it's Dynamo and uh, some other characters. He had some great artists working for him. But uh, the books didn't do well at all. I, I did some freelance work for him. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, in fact, I did not on the teenage book. I don't work on a teenage book, but um, I did some work on the first issue of Thunder Agents. Wow. I led the first story. Yeah, I led the first story. I, was, I had to go up to Wally Wood's apartment on the west side 
And I was there till about, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. I had to go up these flight of stairs in the brown style that he lived in. He had this big, giant door with a, like, looked like a safe. <laughs> he opened it up. I think he was sitting in a um, canvas beach chair. He set me up at an art table with, uh, you know, all this. I brought all my stuff for lettering. And he just kept sending me pages with words on him to read a letter. Wow. And I read the first story, so, you know. No, I love that's it. One of my that's one of my highlights. <laughs> I, I bet. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Thunder Agents fan, and uh, I've read uh, some of the Dynamo, and um, I, I, I like Under Sea Agent. I know that was more of a backup feature, but I really, I, I always, yeah. you know, I thought that was a true Under feature. Under Sea Agent was being drawn by one of the assistants uh, to I forget his name offhand, but uh, he was the one who worked on that book. I used to color that book too. So, so tell me I about Wally Wood as a guy. What, what what was he like? Well, he's pretty low back, you know, and uh, he just gave me work. We just sat there and did work. Okay. Passed me the pages when I finished. Hello, goodbye, and that's it. <laughs> I got you. But it was, there were a lot of people in his apartment. Other people doing other things too. Help by doing background. Who knows? He has assistance. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it was still an experience, you know, to to work with him. That's great. That's excellent. Well, let's get he back to great, Archie. He was a great artist. Oh, he yeah, was. Let's get back to Archie. Oh my God! Yes, he, Wood was an amazing artist. But yeah, well, you had some amazing artists at Archie as well. So let's talk about Don DiCarlo for a second. I mean, you know, one of the you know clearly. Uh, you know, one of the one of those great Archie artists that you know, I imagine was still you know doing things when you got to the company. Mm-hmm. Danny Carlo wasn't full time when I first got there for the company, but maybe six months or so after that, he uh, he was full time. He had been doing a lot of work for Marvel Comics, working with Stan Lee, hmm. he did some work for them, and. Um, he also did some, uh, he was also working on some, uh, like, pinup books that he used to do. The guy just sized, or I don't know who, who published them. Girly, like, girly magazine, but cartoons. So, um, he was doing, but he was, this guy was the best artist you, you ever wanted for, for this type of work. Because Archie's not that easy to draw. He's a semi-realistic character. He's got a cartoon head and a realistic body but it's all very simple art and he was really he could take a story that was all talk and make it move you know yes so uh, he was really good and it's amazing that over the years and I knew him from then from the 50s all the way up until he passed away which is in sometime in the 90s um, he got better every every job he got better than the last I believe it. It's amazing. Yeah, I believe it. And also, as you said regarding uh, Katie Keene, uh, yeah. the uh, the amount of art that these artists were able to produce on a, on a monthly basis right. was was pretty incredible. Was Dan one of those prolific guys that could give you a ton of pages yeah. each month? Yes, he was. And Frank Doyle did quite a bit of writing. Most of the writing for us at that time that Dan DiCarlo drew. Uh, he would send in a story a day, and after the weekend, we get two stories on Monday. <laughs> it was just 
life just kept coming in, work kept coming in. I never missed a deadline with any books while I was working there. Wow. We always had we always had inventory. We always had inventory. Uh, so it, it was great. And the, the, and when I first went, we had the newspaper strip, which was in over 900 newspapers. Bob Montana was doing it until he passed away in 1975, which was uh, terrible. Sure. that old. Bob, Bob Montana, well, another, a, another classic Archie artist. Yeah, tell us about Bob. Yeah. Well, I, I only met him twice. He came up to the office once, and then I met him once at a uh, cartoon society when they were giving out the Rubin Awards. Yes. He spoke, he was spoke, everybody thought he was going to get one, and they gave it to somebody else, which was crazy. Wow. I had to wear a tuxedo and everything. You know? Wow. <laughs> well, the, and, the Rubens uh, were the, the comic strip Oscars, but like the Eisners today. For yeah, books that exactly. were Rubens. And the Rubens are still around. Yeah. I, a friend of mine was uh, nominated, Mike Norton, for uh, a Donald Trump uh, uh, comic strip that he does for uh, Go Comics, the, the former Tribune syndicators. Um, so yeah, I do, the Rubens are still there. It's it's interesting how things have changed, and certainly uh, from your perspective, what tell me in 1958. Now this was a few years after the Senate really got involved with comic books and comic yeah. strips, and yeah. more, more so right. comic books and and concerns about the violence and and you know uh, the the leading to juvenile delinquency and stuff. Um, you know what? By '58, well, you know, and again, I, I mean, obviously, Archie was always considered, I would assume, clean entertainment, wholesome entertainment. But you, what, what was yes. the feeling like at, at the company back in the '50s? Well, John Goldwater, the uh, president of the company at that time, he uh, became the president of the Commerce Authority. Oh wow! I don't know if it was that. Yeah, at one time. Sure. And he was that. He was that president for about twenty-five years or so. Maybe more, and then one of his partners, John Michael Superbike, took over president of the Comics Code. We were always very careful about uh, um, the artwork, and that's why I was taking uh, cleavages and belly buttons out because sure. of the Code Authority. But there were other things that were even more important that I uh, make sure you didn't do. Showing you need details of a crime. There was a whole list of things. Uh, very uh, antiquated by seventies or eighties, but uh, we formed a uh, editor's uh, group um, to review the guidelines and come up with new ones. You know, more. You know, that made more sense. Wow. Than they did back then. Yeah. Did the artists so, ever resent uh, you guys taking out the cleavage or the navels and stuff like that? It was, it was only like Katie King was. If then was Harry Lucy, who was also, he used to draw girls naked sometimes on the pages. <laughs> he would draw them in the, he would draw them in the bottom skirt on the first page, and then leave them naked for the rest of the story, and leave the ink to put them on. Yeah, you know, that guy you had to watch out for, but he was a great artist too. Unbelievable. He once, uh, and to show you how, much worried about being having to work on time. Harry Lucy used to live out in, in Long Island and then out in Hampton Bays, which is way out in Long Island. I think he was coming in from when he was still living in Long Island. And um, he came in on the train, and as he was coming across one of the edges, 
by a taxi cab. And he was holding his artwork and and he he got a, a slight injury, but it was bleeding and he got, he got blood on the artwork. But he didn't stop. He just kept going. He got up and he just came to work. Came up to the office. And the first thing he did was take some white paint and start cleaning up the pages. We said, Harry, what's wrong with you? Why'd you go to the hospital? He could have sued the guy. He could have made some money. <laughs> Nuts. Wow. But those are the artists. The artists were great. We had a great relationship with all the artists. They, they were all fun. Everyone had a great sense of humor. And that's why the stories were so good back then. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, we had Bill Vigoda work for us for many years. Uh, yeah, was... Bill Vigoda was... Uh, Abe Vigoda's brother. Oh, wow. Young brother, yeah. Abe Vigoda. And, uh, but Bill Vigoda was very, very much into... I mean, he used to work up in the office a lot. He, smoke a, he used to smoke a pipe and sit at the uh, board listening to opera music or classical music and drawing. Wow. But that was another guy I had to watch out for him because... Well, he was very good. In fact, he wasn't, he wasn't, he was working right through World War II at Archie, or MLJ in Archie, because he had a little problem and it didn't take him into the Army, so, which I'm sure he didn't care about. But he, he held the company together doing a lot of artwork. You look back in the 40s, you see a lot of artwork by Bill Fogoda. And he would do them completely, letter them, he'd ink them, he'd pencil them. Talking about doing hundreds of pages in one. Wow. I really did it. Wow. That's and, amazing. Um, I, you know, I learned... He had, go ahead. No, go ahead, sir. But he had a habit of uh, drawing pictures on the back of the page. And uh, one, one time he drew a picture. That, I can't even give you the exact description, but it was a naked woman being impaled by a bull. Oh my God! <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> and we said we always said to I used to bring the artwork up to the bottom of my job. I would deliver the artwork to uh, Thomas Code Authority for them to do, <laughs> and then the engraver would come in up the work. They'd have to engrave. But uh, so she's really, she calls me on the phone. And she says. Mr. Ralph, she says, I'm looking at one of these pages, the back of one of the pages, and there's a horrible drawing on there. And I, and she kind of sort of described it to me. And I thought, I thought he maybe erased it because I used to erase some of them. But um, I said, Gee, I was apologizing to her up and down. I didn't know what to say. Well, you know, sure. I was, it was a very embarrassing thing to even talk about, you know. He was into drawing. But at least he didn't put it on the front page. He just put it on the back, back page. He was really an artist, artist. You know, I think the only reason he did comic books is because he had family and he had to make steady income. And all the artists, they had steady income from Archie because they guaranteed work every week. And um, but he's really more of a fine artist. He used to do a lot of painting. He could sculpt. He should have been living in the village, you know. <laughs> sure. But um, wow, that's amazing. He, he really, he's a tremendous artist too. 
They all were. They all were. That's so. Uh, that's that's part of what was going on in the fifties, sixties. You know, now they're all gone. The only one that's left for all those artists when there's Bob Bowling, he's not working anymore. He, he just does oil painting down in lives in Florida. He's have, you ever, uh, have you ever asked him to do like a variant cover or anything? Would he be interested or no? Is he is he completely out of no. business? I, I, I get I get him every once in a while. I get him to do a little Archie store, but it's so hard. But he, when I call him on the phone, he doesn't hear. He doesn't. He refuses to worry. He finally gets a phone to his wife, and she she is pretty good, great. Like when she finally gets what I'm saying, she gets to him. But for now, if I say you to do a come over for five to six page with Archie story, with place in the winter and send me some ideas. Well, let's let's move on to the the sixties, um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, one thing, and it, it happened in the late 60s, and you tell me if there were any, anything significant before. Which came first, actually? Josie and the Pussycats or Sugar Sugar? Sugar Sugar came first. Okay. So let me ask about Sugar yeah, Sugar. Because yeah. I'll tell you what I know. I know that Don Kirshner, the man, the mm-hmm. producer behind Sugar Sugar, initially right. offered the song to the Monkees, and they turned right. it down. And exactly. so then he assembled his studio group that had Ron Dante, the singer, who had also had other right. pop hits in the 60s. A song called mm-hmm. Tracy by the Cufflinks was, was a, a big pop hit that he sang. Mm-hmm. But uh, So tell me how the association and how Kirshner ended up bringing Sugar Sugar to Archie. Well, that was something that I guess he came to, We had the cartoon show. We were going to have the cartoon show, which was being produced by... Um, um, Filmation? Filmation Studios. And um, I guess maybe that's what he, I don't know if he was looking for the monkeys to be backup singers for that. But I guess he was looking for something where they would, well, you know, Filmation might have come to him. But in any event, our um, deal was put together with John Goldwater. I really didn't get involved in that here. Well, we're going to have a cartoon show, there's going to be music with it. So, by the Archies, they can put a group together. And next thing you know, we had Sugar Sugar as a number one hit. Ron Dante was great. And uh, that went on for, for a while. We had quite a run. Archie was on the back of, news, of uh, boxes of cereal with, uh, like, records you couldn't cut out and play. Yes. I remember it well. Absolutely. I was, I was you know, a, a very small kid back then. I was probably... Well, I was four years old in most of 1969, and uh, was uh, uh, was that the year that Sugar Sugar hit? Yeah, uh, it was around 70. was closer to maybe 1970. Oh, okay. The show started in 69, I'm pretty sure. The cartoon started in 69. In 69. So I guess, and the song came along probably right at, not too far after it started. I don't remember exactly. Maybe it might have been sixty-nine. Well, regardless, it was. Uh, I, you know, I, I. First of all, Archie. It's great that Riverdale has everyone talking about Archie again, and that 
Archie is at the forefront of pop culture again. But it's also mm-hmm. important to point out that not only was Sugar Sugar and that Archie cartoon that ran for years, it was a big staple mm-hmm. of Saturday mornings. Everything's Archie. I remember that uh, and the theme song very well right. as a kid. Uh, but also well before that, um, Archie was a successful radio sitcom, right? It, back in the 40s and 50s for like 10 years. 10 years, yeah, on the Blue Network. That's amazing. So, you yeah. know, it's like Archie's always kind of, you know, been there and been part of pop culture. But let's – so, yeah, the Filmation deal – and I know you said that you know you weren't involved with you know the actual deal making and stuff, but that had mm-hmm. to be a huge shot in the arm for for Archie and for the publisher. Did you guys see an increase because of the television show? Yeah, especially with the advertising too, because our circulation was so high. You know, we really were doing very well, and um, sometimes I'd have to. I used to deal with the advertising. Manager, and we used to pull like, the advertising. He wanted to so many ads. I said, "Hey, I'll leave some room for the comics. You putting all these ads in?" Wow. So, <laughs> and the advertising was a big part of income. Well, sure. You to get about seventy five hundred, ten thousand dollars for a back cover, and it would appear on millions and millions of books. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and also. Um uh, well, let's, you know, so then, yeah, there was Sugar Sugar, and then, of course, Jingle Jangle, a nice follow-up hit. That was a significant right. pop hit as well. Um, yes, it was. And I remember those uh, records that you could cut out of the boxes of cereals <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and play on my little 45 record player and everything. Excellent. Right. Nice. That was terrific. Um, yeah, that was great, man. And, and, and it was a good run, and it went well into the 70s in terms of uh, the various versions of the cartoon. I, like I said, I remember them well. And also, I don't know if you guys still have them there on the Archie website, but I remember uh, going there a, a couple years ago and watching a couple uh, highlights from some of the cartoons. You guys had them up on the website and everything. They may be on Comixology. I, mean, I don't think they'd be on Comixology. I don't know if we still have them up there. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Are there any plans to maybe make a DVD set of the old cartoons? Um, I don't, not that I know of, not right now. Okay. I mean, John Goldwater and his John's son, John, yes. is out in California, and he's he's selling Archie, all the characters. They're going crazy out there. Sabrina is huge. Yes. Have you seen that? I have. Did you see it on Netflix? Yes, I did. It's fantastic. Well, it's a great show. All ten, all 10 episodes? I haven't... <laughs> I haven't watched all ten, but I'm very impressed. That actress, she's terrific. She was great on Mad Men, and and she really is a perfect Sabrina. And and she's following a tough act with uh, and now uh, Melissa, Melissa Joan Hart's uh, run in the '90s, which was obviously pretty significant too. Well, it was, but this is a uh, way different this show. Absolutely, Much darker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I, she was one of the kids, one of. Um, um, he had two children, um, and she was one of the two kids, right? Yes, I sure one. Yes, she was one of Dom Draper's daughters. Yes. So yeah, I knew her. She still looks a little bit cute then, but she's really she's very good. Yes, agreed. Absolutely, man. No, and so Victor, what do you what do you think of? Because um, it was kind of a bold move for Archie to start getting inventive, and really, if you think about it, it started in the eighties. 
with uh, you know. Uh, different different ways of playing with well first hey first of all yeah let's let's stay on this and then I'll go back to the sixties but uh, as far as um you know it, it, Archie versus the Punisher is kind of like and I you'll know this reference Jack Benny the horn blows at midnight that's kind of the knock that the that the comic book gets Archie versus the Punisher which is ridiculous because it was always meant to be an Archie comedy with the Punisher dropped into it. And I honestly, I, I think it's hilarious. I think it holds up. And I wonder if um, the company put it back out uh, now as it as it oh, traded might get a little more respect than it did, you know, than we'd it has. Get, we'd love to get more copies of it now. We can go back to press, but Marvel Comics, not interested. Oh, interesting. Of course. Yeah, well, you know, I can, well, you know, yeah, and yeah them having I, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm at conventions. And get at least a few correct um, comments about Archie the Punisher. If we still have any copies, that was a, that was a great. Uh, that was a great book. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was funny um, as hell, yeah. and it, it was just a kind of a, kind funny. of a perfect combination. <laughs> just that well, menacing face is, of the Punisher with Archie scared as hell. <laughs> What was interesting was, you know, back in that in that time, Archie was never really big in the direct market, but mostly newsstand. And the two sons who were running the company, Richard Goldmore and Michael Silberclyde, really wanted to try and make some moves into the direct market. So I came up with this idea of having Archie come home one day. His parents are killed. There's blood all over the place. Nothing happens. So he initiated the Punisher. I said, no, no, you can't do anything like that. Well, I spoke to... <laughs> I spoke to... I was out in San Diego at the convention, and I had Tom DeFalco, who was at the table. Um, two of the people did. Well, Tom DeFalco was two of the people at the convention. We were at the table, and uh, we... Oh, Baton Lash was one. Okay. And, um... God, who else? Well, it doesn't matter. But we discussed doing the story, and uh, Tom was going to write it, and yet, um... Our... One of our... Well, I think Stan Goldberg did the artwork. Makes sense. For the Archie artwork, and Buscema did the... Punish your part. You know, the characters. Mm-hmm. She had two artists working on the book. And uh, this is, you know, I think that the punisher never killed anyone in, you know. Sure. So, <laughs> and it, it, it was it was great. We had, we had a lot of promotion on it. They had buttons that it came out just in time for the New York convention. I remember, and it was really big in it since... And I, if we sold it now, I bet it would sell out. I think you're right. Sure That's a shame. They had a cover. They did a, they did a die cut cover, and we did a just a regular Archie cover. You know, sure. On the shirt. Yeah. And um, I think the cover looked much better than Marvel's, but <laughs> it was uh, it was a uh, it was really a big hit, and I loved working on it. You know, so. Uh, now we're doing a little better in the direct market, especially with these uh, darker comics. Yes. You know, and the graphic novels that we're putting out. These were things that uh, John 
New John. <laughs> yes, Young John. As, uh, it started Young John, yeah. As um, brought in, you know, we had meetings and talked about things, and you've been here over 10 years now running the company, and uh, we've been doing a lot of different things. And they, they've all been very interesting, honestly. The, certainly the darker comics I know have been selling well, but I'll tell you, I really enjoyed uh, Life with Archie that started with the Michael Uslin uh, miniseries yeah. of Archie marrying both Betty and Veronica in different uh, alternate timelines, and then it continuing with them married. It was it was a great soap opera. In, in a lot of ways, I wonder if that inspired the idea of Riverdale because it was them as adults – but yeah. there, there was a lot of soap opera going on. My God, Miss Grundy dies, and uh, Cheryl yeah. Bla- Blossom has terminal cancer, and Reggie is a reporter, and all of a sudden is uh, has to you know give up a source or go to jail. Moose is running for mayor. I mean, I'm like, this is insane, and it was great because as an old Archie reader, it really was fun to see all these different twists for the characters. And uh, I thought Paul Kupperberg did an excellent job writing it, and uh, the late great Norm Brayfogel, an excellent job as one of their artists too. Yeah, he was such a nice guy. I really liked him. We worked very closely with him, even though he was out in Chicago or someplace out there. But it's funny that you should mention people dying off, like Grundy marrying, getting married to Weatherby. Yes, and then she died. When Kupperberg was writing that scene, that page, he said he was almost crying. He killed her off. Sure. And she died, you know. That's how it bats. He writers become to the characters. And uh, he made me cry. <laughs> I understand. So, anyway, but uh, we're going to continue that now. It's 10 years later. Can't give you more details, but it's going to be coming out. Probably, uh hoping by the spring or next summer at least. Oh, that's terrific. And Archie, the married life 10 years later, also two two storylines, one with Bay, one with Veronica, and the kids. Oh, interesting. Sure. Man, hey, also, you, hats Mike, off. Mike, Go ahead. Go ahead. Mike Uslan will be his writing. This, oh, fantastic. Hey, and also, what a, what a uh, progressive step forward in uh, putting a Valerie with Archie. And them having a kid. Honestly, that's that's terrific. And I really think uh, a, a step forward in today's society to uh, that Archie and also, God, the creation of Kevin Kelly as well. I mean, it's, it's terrific Kelly, yeah. that, that, you know, Archie is, has embraced um, today's culture. I mean, Archie was always about what was happening now. And it's great to see that, yeah. you know, the, yeah, the company that, wasn't afraid to, to take a step forward like that. That's true. Um, we used to keep up with the times. Well, like every every year, you know, George Glass was out and living out in California. He was another writer for us. And he, at that time, years ago, back in the 50s, 60s, even 70s, a lot of new things would come out, whether it's fashions or gadgets or mm-hmm. toys or anything, would come out in, in, out in the West. And he would do a story about it. And we'd say, what is this? <laughs> who wears who, who a see-through raincoat? <laughs> you had, had the girls wearing these see-through uh, raincoats, and they were wearing bathing suits underneath. Yep. So I said, what'd you get? And so he said, send me reference. He, he started sending reference on all these things. I mean, by the time our books came out, those 
things that were coming in, those new products, we had them in the books. Sure. We used them in the storylines. And uh, he was very good sending reference along with his stories. Uh, another good guy. He's not here either. All right, let's take a little break from our conversation with Victor and tell you a little bit more about our sponsor, Aftershock Comics. I know you've seen those Aftershock titles on your comic book racks, a whole slew of fresh concepts, titles written and drawn by your favorite creators. This is Christmas season, and as I've been saying the last couple episodes, you know, sometimes you don't know what to get that uh, person in your life who loves comics. Well, Aftershock might be a publisher that they haven't considered, but you will find great genres and great stories from your favorite creators. You can get things like Jimmy's Bastards, the spy series that I love from Garth Ennis and Russ Braun. There's Pestilence from Frank Thierry and Oleg Akunov, which, of course, depicts the 14th century Black Plague as the first recorded zombie outbreak. You can get the first trade now, get them hooked, and then the second trade is coming out in early January. There's also things like Witchhammer, Aftershock's first original graphic novel from Cullen Bunn and Dalibor Talajic. That'll be in comic shops December 19th, right in time for a last-minute Christmas grab. Now, these creators came to Aftershock to tell their kind of stories with no rules, no forced continuity, a new platform where anything goes, and a lot of characters might get wiped out. So uh, you can't count on uh, following a character and making sure they're going to make it to the end of the story. In the weeks ahead, we'll be talking to more Aftershock creators. In fact, Colin Bunn is coming up in just a few days to tell us about Witchhammer and uh, the Brothers Jack Cool and some of his other books as well. But you don't have to wait. You can check out full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books to order through your local shop at AftershockComics.com. All right, let's get back into more Archie conversation with Victor Gorlick on Word Balloon. A couple things from the 60s that we forgot to talk about. One is when you brought back the superheroes and both uh, the superhero line where you had uh, the Jaguar and the Shield and, uh, you know, the Web and some of your superheroes, but also you incorporated Archie. In, and actually, maybe it's took maybe it started before the 60s when you had uh, – Pure Heart, the Powerful, and yeah, Captain Pure Hero, Heart, and right. Super Teen. Right. Right. Well, you know, Marvel was doing so well with the superhero books. John Goldwater wanted to see if we could put out some books. You know, uh, not not serious books like Marvel and DC putting out. But Marvel in particular. But, uh, you know, a fun type of book would watch as a superhero, Betty, Veronica, Reggie. Yes. So, um... We came up with that. That was came up with from Frank Doyle. He came up with the uh, characters and to change them and so forth. And Bill Vigoda did a lot of that work. If you look back at some of those stories, and the other the regular artwork, you know, the Jaguar and Shield and all that, that was mostly done by Paul Ryman. And um, that was. You know, I look back at those, when I used to see those books, I used to, you know, cringe, you know, I would read some of them. But um, I speak to people today, and they remember the books, and they love them. <laughs> you know? Well, so, maybe they hit them I... at the right age. Because I know, as a, again, <laughs> I, I was a little kid when I saw them reprinted in some of the digests. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of these superheroes yeah. before. And yeah, you're right. I, I don't know if the I don't know if the stories hold up, but it, the ideas were fun. And I'm glad well, that you know they've occasionally come back. Uh, I know in the '80s you had to deal with DC, mm -hmm. and DC was publishing uh, 
the, the, the yeah. I forget what they were called. Is it red? Uh, I can't remember the imprint. Oh, um, it was with red, I think. Red Impact. circle. Impact. Red circle. No, that's the watch. He was red circle. Oh, they, they went on impact. Impact. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So no, there's, a, there's good concepts there. I think there were good super. Yeah, there were good concepts, but but that was a licensing deal between us and them. We licensed the characters in DC, but they didn't do very well. So understood. There was there was one Black Hood story. Then I remember, did Gray Morrow or somebody draw it? Somebody really. Gray Morrow. Yeah, he oh really God. Drew it. That was beautiful, man. Yeah. Kip Berlin. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah really was, interesting. Uh, and and I, am I right? That was also a pulp character, not only comics, but old old pulp magazines where there were some prose Black Hood stories as well. Yes. Well, Black Hood was on the radio, too. Wow. I don't remember. Also, probably also in the 40s. But I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard any Black I mean, Hood radio shows. But my God, that that Green Morrow uh, story in particular that I saw, I believe, in one of the digests. Oh my God, that thing was beautiful. Yeah. Great idea. He's a great artist. Oh, absolutely. Great artist. Wrote and everything. He was. I, I felt so bad when he passed away, you know. But uh, I worked very closely with him for a long time on a lot of projects. We did a, a book together on a. Uh, there were two, the, the um, you know, super cops. You remember that comic? It was went for a couple of issues. No, I don't. There were Tell two cops. There, there were two. There detect, were two detectives in New York. Um, um, Bob Greenberg and I forget the other guy's name. My mind is gone. But anyway, it was, they were. They were in the newspapers every day. You know, they used to be like Batman and Robin. You know, catching all these crooks. They they wait on the roof and they and they come down and they catch these you know crooks or whatever they were. Uh, and they they were arresting people to fill up the jails. You know, and they became very popular. And they decided so. Uh, Greenberg wanted to do a comic book. I guess he had must have gotten some feedback from uh, the police department, but so he did a book based on. He wrote a book on the super cops, and uh, we did a comic, a couple of comics. And I, he lived not too far from me in Brooklyn. I used to go over to his house and bring him the script to read and from the artwork and so forth. And uh, I got to be close with him. So uh, it was it was nice. That's cool. I remember, yeah. I remember that was I don't know if it was a feature film or a television film about uh, the super cops. Yeah. Now that you say that, Batman and that yeah, it was yeah. Batman, but, right. but what I was really well, actually the artwork was from Gray Morrow. So I was going and Gray Morrow lived in Brooklyn too. So I was going to his house and to his house, going going around delivering and picking up artwork. <laughs> it's crazy. And and Archie put out super cops. Yeah, we put that out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you have, you know, th- that would be something interesting. I don't know how much uh, Gray Morrow material you guys have, but, you know, and I know he's kind of a forgotten name uh, unless unless you're of a certain generation. But, uh, man, it would lo- be great to see a, co- a collection of Gray Morrow work that he did for well, Archie. We, put, we, put, out, we put, out a, put out a book called uh, 
It was like a horror book. Chilling Adventures in... Is that what this is? No, that's the Sabrina book. We had another book that we put out that had all the gray moral work in the trade paperback. I didn't get the name for it, but I have to get up and <laughs> look. No problem. I'll tell you no afterwards. Problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so, that's um, Yeah, so... Um, I don't know how well they were. We only did one book. A gray moral, quite a bit of gray moral stuff. And... Um, some other artists, a lot of other pretty famous artists, but that was under Red Circle. Okay, okay. That's the one we got under Red Circle. Um, you know, and we should talk a little bit about Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, that was a great success, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah well, the show, TV show, did very well. The movie, the live action movie that they did, wasn't that big of a, hit, but I think it has a cult following. So if you're up at Two o'clock in the morning, you might see it come through. And um, but we're we're putting out some Josie books now. We put out the, some Josie comics, and we're uh, working on some Josie pay, trade paperbacks now. Um, and you might see Josie back in the maybe uh, hopefully on TV one day. Well, and I, I know that John is working on that. Okay, we're trying to put together a live band. Closing the Pussycats. So we'll see what happens. Well, and I know they've been characters in Riverdale as well. So that's been oh. nice. Now, you know, and hey, you know, really, uh, congrats on getting the Riverdale deal. And it's great that the show is doing so well. Um, I, I, again, I think it's a, a, a great dark uh, soap opera comedy. I, I, I can't, I mean, I know that yeah. there's, there's serious stuff going on, but you can't help but. Smile in that soap opera way of you yeah know. they try they get a little bit of humor in there <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah so yeah I missed it last night though so well, I, I did too I watch it today <laughs> but I I read them all you know sure so and I you know so so going into this dark direction is it uh, are, were you, were you surprised were you fearful I was initially proposed I was, I was, I was, yeah, I was a little, not so much surprised, I was a little nervous that uh, this might not work. But I was wrong. It, was, it, it turned out to be a great move. Because we're going so many different directions with the characters. You know, Veronica, Joe, where Veronica is a vampire. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And we had uh, the... Um, what was the um, light? Um, not life with art. We called it um, the zombie book. Yeah, I can't remember the title of it either right now. It's the matter of the picture for so long. Um, <laughs> hang on. Archie and or whatever it was. I understand. That's all right. I can't believe I can't, I'm not remembering. <laughs> I understand. Any, anyway. Well, but it's great but to it was, see. It was a really good book, you know, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, I mean, we had so many, about, I think we went about seven or not, maybe nine issues or so. Yep. Maybe ten. And then, we, and then Roberto, who's worked on the show, he was writing it, but he couldn't write anymore. Sure. Uh, was write the book. He kept saying he's fine, and he. I mean, we had the writers could have written it, but uh, 
You don't want anybody else to touch that yet. I understand. Yeah. You well, you know. Chilling Adventures Well, it, Yeah, Chilling Adventures and Sorcery. That was it. Chilling Adventures. Chilling Adventures. Chilling Adventures of Sorcery. Okay. And that has a lot of those great marvels. It's a trade back. We never did it in a, in a regular comic, just in a trade. Can I tell you the. Prior to that, decades, because I read it in the 70s, but I guess it's a story from around the time you joined Archie. One of the scariest Archie stories I ever read was the one where they go to the mansion and they find the teddy bear that obviously is cursed. And it almost Betty Betty almost jumps off a cliff. Yeah. Oh my God! I, I, you know, I, Alex Alex Segura. They were putting together an Archie Halloween special, and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, what do you, you know? What stories? I'm like, dude, the teddy bear story. And like I said, I thought it was from the 70s. The fact that it came out in 1958 impresses me even more. And it has that great. Uh, it's not a twist ending, but there's a great like kind of typical horror movie sort of ending. That you yeah. know, and I'm not. I don't want to spoil it for people who may want to seek out the story and everything. But seriously, that was that was great. Do you you know? And obviously, you know the story I'm talking about. Do you have any specific memories yes, of do. that story in particular? Well, I, I know that Bill Vigoda grew. You know, I think I, wow. I don't think he. I don't remember who the Inca was. Um, the writer must have been. I think it had to be Doyle for that time. Plus, um, Bob Bowling was working on Little Archie mostly. Okay. Love um, Little Archie, and, by the way. Yeah, well, Bob was his books always sold in the direct market for some some reason. So um, he was he was pretty well known, mainly because he signed the books. Well, he always signed them, and um, his stories were great. He had so much insight to kids; it was unbelievable. And he doesn't have any kids either. Oh wow. Well, and also I'm glad that you uh, you, you let uh, my buddies Art Baltazar and Franco uh, do some new Little Archie stories in the last. Oh, couple those years. guys, those guys are hysterical. I yeah. love those guys. Well, they're perfect they're for Archie. Yeah. They're perfect for Archie. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, they did a. We took some of their artwork and made a children's book out of it. <laughs> they, they did the cover or something. I don't know. We put it together. I wasn't working on that project. There are things going on here that I don't even know about. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'll see something. Hey, when did we decide to do this book? Nobody tells me anything anymore. I don't know what. So. Um, I, uh, I, you know, you mentioned that Archie didn't do well in the direct market, but one place it always did well was in the supermarket. And, supermarket. and I, Check and, out and those, this. those digests. Uh, you know, from again when I was a little kid up until you know mm-hmm. through my teen years, if the you know if the if the subject matter struck me, I would pick them up. And yeah, that had to be tremendously beneficial to the company. More beneficial than I can tell you. It was it, it, it was so successful. It's unbelievable. They sell well, but nothing like they none of the comics like they used to sell back in the sure 70s, <laughs> 60s, 70s. Pays, but uh, they still do very well. They hold up. You know, it's a nice package. The price is a little more than it used to be. Sure. But, you know, everything goes up. Of course. There's so, so, much, there's so much competition with the uh, you know, internet. Kids have so many different things to 
look at and to read that sometimes comic books are the first thing on their mind. But those digest books the parent buys. Right. They go to the checkout counters, they'll see the book, they'll remember it from when they were a kid, and they'll pick up the books. And if the kids don't read them, they'll, they'll read them themselves. <laughs> Of course. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, no, that is, that's how I got them. Absolutely. My parents coming home from the grocery store and throwing me a, throwing me a digest. And that was, that was terrific. Throwing it to you or throwing it at you? Depending on their mood. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes throwing it. Absolutely. Um, but I was a good kid. I, I had Archie as a model to, 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 you know, (laughs) I, uh, man, I'll tell you, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm so thrilled that Archie has moved in the directions that it has. Because I, I I do I think uh, it's it's uh, it, it's an important co- part of comic book history, and um, sometimes I really feel like there's such a focus on the superhero market that you forget about mm-hmm. all the other uh, components of the business that kept it going through the highs and lows of the decades, and also now when I do think non superhero books are being more appreciated. That there's no reason for Archie, especially with um, the interest in Japanese manga and the teenage stories that Japanese manga tell. And it's like, well, that's great. But, you know, Archie's been telling American teenage stories for decades and still does a great job at it. Yeah, we do. It's uh, <laughs> a plan. <laughs> Did you see uh, 1941? Did you read that? I did, and I'm glad you bring it up. Yes, and I'm loving it. In fact, I had a great conversation with uh, Brian Augustine about it uh, just a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, and also Mark Waite a couple months ago. Um, No, I love it. I think it's – I'm I'm thrilled because it's great to see World War II from the Riverdale perspective, and I think it's a good, solid drama. Uh, that uh, you know is it, man. I'll tell you, you feel for you feel for the parents and you fe- and you feel for the kids. And man, this is a this is a very uh, beside himself Archie. That that it's uh, I think it's a tr- tremendous story. I'm, I'm really really enjoying it. I have to tell you, I think that's one of the best, if not the best, we ever put out. In my opinion, the work, the story, it's just tremendous. And Archie actually started in 1940. His first appearance is in uh, Pep, yes. number 22. So that yeah, was his first appearance. So 1941, we went into the war in 1941. It's great. So, well, also, the, the characters are so strong and, and established mm-hmm. for, through all these decades that you can make them even more realistic as you guys are in this story. And it it all makes sense. God, the best is... Uh, in one of the early issues when Archie and Reggie are about to have a fight on the beach and it's like, hey, man, you know, like they they stop themselves because they are getting older. And it's like, hey, this is ridiculous. Let's you know, let's not fight about this. And and it's like, wow, they're being they're being real people as opposed to well, Reggie or Archie scheming to get back at each other. The stakes are high. The stakes are real. And and it's and well, that's what's really interesting is seeing them deal with these real life stakes of what people were going uh, through, not only on the battlefield, but on the home front as well. And all the, all the right. emotional conflicts that they all must have gone through during that period. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a tough time, you know, 
and the 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 writing writers wait in uh, I forget the other guy's name uh, who wrote the book yeah yeah right who wrote the book they he and the artist who did all the research yeah Peter Krause. I mean, he said yes. he said he said all the research along with the along with the script you know and I so everything that's in there is. Taking it's not made up. It's real stuff. You know? Yeah, the uniforms, the guns, tanks, whatever, cars, the clothes, and yeah. we clothes, everything. Yeah, I think it was the best thing we've ever put out. When it's all finished with the six issues, we'll put it into a graphic novel. So, I understand it. No, it's well deserved because it is. It's a tremendous story, and yeah, Peter Krauss is. Terrific. I know he's collaborated with Wade a lot in the past on other projects, and he's a tr- he's a terrific artist. It's uh no, it's it's a it's a really really great book. And again, it shows you the adaptability of this Archie universe that you can really tell any kind of story with it. And I know you guys have throughout the years. I mean, you mentioned Tom DeFalco on the Punisher project. Tom has been a great writer for you through the years. I've also mm-hmm. enjoyed the fact that. Uh, you've hired other uh, uh, Marvel uh, guys. Well, certainly Paul Kupperberg is a great writer, and Al Milgram, a great artist that I know has done work for you guys for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Mark Wade used to work at Archie for a while. I don't know how many years, maybe a couple of years. He worked at Archie in the production department. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Prior to him writing for Archie, I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to tell anybody he worked for Archie. <laughs> I don't think he was that happy here. I don't think he liked any of the stories. <laughs> so, but yeah, he was, he really did a lot of research on the characters when he was here. So, um, you know, he has a really good background on the, on all the Archie characters. One thing about the Archie characters, you know, they were, while they have their, their disagreements and their arguments and their fights, they're always there for each other. Yes. Which is something that you don't see all the time, you know, and that's, what makes them so popular and such good characters. Agreed. Well, you know, and it's there also beyond Archie, Betty, Veronica, you've got, you got pops and you've got uh, Archie's parents and certainly the lodges and, and I mean the Coopers and uh, I mean this extended family of characters that again, through the years you've leaned on these characters to tell other stories. And yeah, it's, it's a great unit. I mean, that's, I, I think, Character lead characters are only strengthened by their supporting characters, and Archie right. is, a, is a classic example of that. That every mm-hmm. everyone else in the story is very important. You recognize them immediately. You recognize their role, and they they're they're always there to to make for interesting entertainment. He should be doing our PR work. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, I wish I could find my membership card. Because I know, I know, in the early seventies, I was a, I was an Archie fan club member, and I'll tell you, when I got that card in the mail, that was a very exciting day in my life. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking, too, right? I'm drinking the Kool Aid, as they say, Victor. Absolutely. <laughs> so well, listen, I don't want to keep you, but um, okay, I'd, I'd be interested in hearing. Like, did you do as uh, quickly, and we can get into it maybe in a future conversation? Did you do a lot of mm-hmm. other work for other other companies? Well, just occasionally. You know, I had some friends. Uh, I saw Brodsky over at Marvel Comics. Oh, sure. would call me every once in a while if you needed something lettered okay. or colored. And, uh, and I did that. I, I know uh, 
the bosses up here didn't like the idea of us going to the people, especially staff people, doing freelance work for uh, somebody else. But somebody else paid more money at that time. So I understand. You know, I, I would take a job and do. I used to let some of the Napa ads that they used to run. I don't know if you recall those in the Marvel books. And um, what else? We also did, you know, by the way, we also did a lot of custom comics, which we didn't talk about. Oh, sure. Yes, when you say custom you know, comics we, for, for the audience, we, like if the American Dental Association needed a, a comic book well, we, to promote well, something. Well, we did something. We did that as a promo page with um, was a baseball player, the Yankees. I'm forgetting names. What, de- what decade? What decade? What's that? What for the Yankees? What decade would it have been? Was it, oh, Doc it was Gooden? back in the nineties? It was um, Dwight Gooden, maybe. No, no. Hitter. Yeah. Ron Gidry. No. All right, I give up. <laughs> I'm a that Chicago a guy. I could I could keep going if it was Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a Yankee fan. You think I'd remember? <laughs> I'll remember it after I hang up the phone. No problem. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was only a page, but we used to do comic books. You know, we did these little one-third size comic books for Alcoholics Anonymous, Eleanor, and, and I mean, in fact, we did, did, used to reprint them all the time. And then uh, we had uh, Radio Shack comics that we did. Oh, I, now those I remember. Uh, okay. And, you know, they were giveaways in the Radio Shack stores. And what they do is each issue would produce a new um, product that they were using, whether it was a computer or whatever the, whatever Radio Shack was putting out at the time, walkie-talkies. Sure. And uh, they had two characters, uh, Alec and Shana, I think was the two characters. And they, we did a lot of comics for them. And uh, it was... Um, it was, a, it was a lot of work, and, and they and it was hundred hundred percent sale. That's cool, you know. And they used to go back to the press on some. We did books for the FBI. Did a book on peer helping. I go down to Washington with the writer. Went into uh, with the FBI guys and girls. Huh. That was fun. I mean, those are, I used to handle all those books. Very cool. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. Anyway. Well, I appreciate your time today, Victor, honestly. And and thank you very much for for sharing these stories and uh, continued success. And uh, Thank you very uh, much. You you know, it's a a great time uh, to be an Archie fan, and I'm uh, I'm glad that you're around to enjoy, uh, reap the benefits, if you will. Yeah, I'm getting like an old car. My parts are going little by little. (laughs) (laughs) I have to get parts replaced. My parents should have taken out a long-term warranty. <laughs> well, I, I'd, I'd love to have another conversation with you in the future. Okay, whenever you want. Let me know. I'm, I'll be around at least for another few years. I hope. Here, well, so, here, here's, here's hoping. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, and I and truly thank you for uh, for talking to me. Today. Now, now, how can I listen to this? Well, I'm going to put radio. it. I will. Uh, I will po- post it. It's it's you know it's a podcast, so it's not on yeah. the radio per se, but it's uh, no. I- I, I can send you guys the I can send you the link. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and it's and uh, you know a player will pop up and you can listen to it at the moment or you can download it and and listen at your leisure. I don't know if you know how to download 
uh, audio files, but it's it's pretty simple. Yeah, I'll figure it out. No problem. But yeah, yeah, no. If when I send you the direct uh, MP3 link, it'll have uh, mm-hmm. a player will open up and you'll be able to hear the whole show. Okay, great, excellent. That's well, perfect. thank you again for your time. I, I, I appreciate it, and have a good afternoon. You too. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bye-bye. Victor. Bye bye. I'm telling you, great stuff is happening at Archie. I have been a renewed fan since the Life with Archie years from a couple years ago. And uh, they keep surprising me with great ideas. Archie 1941 is amazing. Of course, all the horror turns they've been doing with Archie, Jughead and Sabrina, all hilarious. And uh, it seems like uh, there's a lot more ideas coming down the pike from Archie Comics. So it was a pleasure to catch up with a man who's got the perspective from the way it was done back in the day to the way it's done now. Victor Gorlick on today's Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. It was brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. As always, League, thank you very much for that support. Subscribing to Word Balloon really helps me out, helps me produce the shows, get to the conventions, and make the connections for more Word Balloon episodes. You can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon to subscribe or click on the front page ad at wordballoon.com. I've got a few new subscribers in the last week or so, and as always, I thank you for your support, League of Word Balloon listeners. We're also sponsored by Aftershock Comics who are making things happen right now, your local comic shop. Great hit series that you cannot believe. My friend Paul Jenkins and Wesley St. Clair doing Beyonders. Witchhammer, their first original graphic novel from Cullen Bunn and Dalibor Talajic. That's in comic shops on December 19th. You can get The Art of Jim Starlin. It is now re-released through Aftershock, and it's a great collection of Jim's amazing art and would be a great art book as a Christmas gift. There are other great series as well. Animosity from Marguerite Bennett and Raphael de la Tour. Lollipop Kids from Adam and Aiden Glass and Diego Yapur. Baby Teeth, the year one hardcover from Donnie Cates and Gary Brown. So many other great things, and you will find the genre and the creators that you love with great ideas at Aftershock Comics. Go to their website, you will find full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes on these books and more to order through your local shop at AftershockComics.com. Thanks again. December has just begun, but we got more great episodes on the way. Can't wait to share with you some of the great new conversations here at Word Balloon to get you through this holiday season, whether it's on your holiday travels or uh, on your way to Christmas shopping, maybe you're heading to the gym. I hope you're listening, and I hope you're enjoying the programs I've been bringing you in these last couple days and uh, with uh, more to come, like I said, in the days and weeks ahead. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018.